Blog Talk Radio. Of three young ladies, 
that uh, took place almost a decade ago, and I guess that these ladies were rescued earlier this week, and we're going to talk about all the uh, well, the situation, you know, leading up to their rescue, and also later on in the show, we're going to be discussing um, psychic Sylvia Brown and kind of like the well, she's up against a lot of um, criticism right now due to a prediction she made on Montel Williams' show um, kind of like a year after they their disappearance. So we're going to talk about a lot of that. But we're going to go to the line. I believe this is Kane. Uh, let's see. Kane, is this you? Yes, it is. All right. Uh, it's been a while since you've been on here. How How's things been going? Uh, pretty well. I've been busy. Um, girlfriend from Korea was visiting, and so I was with her for a couple weeks, and I've been working late nights pretty much almost every night here recently, so haven't been able to um, join in on your shows recently because I've been working. Yeah. Well, we want to welcome you back, and uh, Michael will be here a little after 11. Um, but I just want to start off the show and just let everybody know about a couple things that we have coming up here soon. Um, we do have some, um, some some good interviews, some good documentaries coming up in the next couple of months, um, including the show that we're going to be doing, a new show that we're going to be kicking off in addition to the Urban Wire on this network called 3XR, which um, J.R. Vasquez, Vasquez, he's going to be um, the host of that show. Um, also, we're going to be doing a couple of documentaries, with um, uh, one of which is coming out in faith, which should be pretty much done this summer. Dealing um, ours truly, Michael Snyder. He's going to be. We're going to go into his personal story, and um, he's going to uh, be the one that. We're interviewing for that documentary, and also we're going to go into the secret world of BDSM, which a lot of people, it's going to be more of the adult side of things, but a lot of people don't know much about that lifestyle. So um, I have the interview that I've already taped. It's edited. Um, that's going to be coming out here, I'm hoping, in the next three weeks to a month. And um, this year I'm going to try to get um, some interviews lined up or – um, with the 25th anniversary of um, Indie Pride. So I'm going to be working on that, trying to um, see if we can get somebody on the show or do an interview with them. I think we're going to have Maya's going to be coming to town this year as their headliner. So we'll see what we can do with that. And then next week I'm going to be doing an interview with Gospel Sensation Kathy Taylor Brown. She will be in town for um, – not this Sunday, but next Sunday for um, Pastor Clay, Stephen Clay. He's he's a, a very prominent preacher and leader here in the Indianapolis area. He will be celebrating his 30th year anniversary at Messiah Missionary Baptist Church, so she will be in town for that. And um, that's pretty much what we have coming up right now. So we're going to have a pretty busy summer um, this year I, I plan on bringing more celebrity interviews, you know, to you guys and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm working on some things this year. We're going to really take things to another level. And as you see um, um, in our logo, this is going to be the UCOFW Network. So we're going to have a couple of shows 
um, this year. We're going to have different shows. We'll still have the Urban Wire. Then we're going to have 3XR. And then possibly in the future, I'll be um, seeing about bringing another show on, um, you know, creating another show. But right now we're going to have two shows on this network. And um, I'm really excited about it. You know, me and JR, we're already starting to tape some things, get some things in motion. Um, so... Um, I was going to let you guys know if you want to call in tonight, you can call us at 646-915-8200. And also we have a new way that you guys can um, contact us during the show. If you want to send us an instant message, I've linked my Facebook account to my Yahoo. So if you want to just send me an instant message, I'll get it through that. Or if you just want to connect, Directly through Yahoo, you can uh, send us an IM at the Urban Wire. That's all one word: T H E U R B A N W I R E underscore Indy I N D Y. Uh, send us your questions, send us your comments, um, and we'll read them on the air. And tonight, I really think this is going to be a good show. We got some clips lined up for this story. Um, like I said, Mike will be here shortly, but. Kane, I wanted to ask you, so what do you uh, think about this whole situation um, about the the three young ladies that were um, rescued um, earlier this week? Um, You know, I didn't really know much about it. I don't even remember if I even, you know, because I used to live in Ohio um, back when these women first disappeared. And I can't remember ever hearing anything about it back then, you know, ten years ago. So, um, but I, I think it's it's great that they they escaped. Um, I still haven't heard much recently. I haven't been able to check in on the news, so I'm still interested to hear what the story is with their 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 captors. Like what? Uh, I guess they were. Allowed to go to the hospital. I guess they mm-hmm. got pregnant. I don't know, or at least one of them got pregnant. And, well, uh, they weren't even allowed out the house. Period. And and they said that um, these women went through just just repeated like forcible rapes. They they had several miscarriages, and they were saying how one of the uh, well, they found a six year old daughter, uh, which is believed to be one of the girls. I think her name is America. Amanda Berry, um, where they they think that that might be her child. So um, it's really just a horrific story, just a very shocking story with just all kind of twists and turns. Like they're still just, you know, uh, finding out a lot of information about um, how did this even happen, how were they even inducted. It's just a really unfortunate situation. And it's kind of sad because – I mean, well, from I what I understand, the, I these people knew each other. Huh? I said, from what I understand, these people knew each other. Like uh, their captors' children yeah. or relatives were friend, you know, classmates and friends with the uh, the, the 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 women that were uh, kept, ca- you know, kidnapped and 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 I guess people, from what I understand, people would come over to visit the house, you know, family and friends and whatnot, and they didn't notice anything strange, and I guess the police had been called to the house 
uh, one or two occasions for unrelated issues, and they didn't notice anything. So, you know, that's I, I guess that's what I'm really interested in, in learning more about is how this was all kept under wraps. I mean, how you know, it's just amazing to me. It's and I still even being investigated because, like, this is the thing. A lot of this stuff was was people that allegedly contacted the authorities because they seen some mysterious, uh, well, not some mysterious, but some, like, questionable things going on in that house or heard some things. They've heard uh, someone claim to see one of the young girls, um, one of the girls naked in the backyard yelling for help at one point, and the police were alerted, and they pretty much didn't obtain a search warrant to go check out the situation. And, and from what I heard, there were uh, at least a couple times where people contacted them and they, they felt that they heard or seen some things that were questionable, but um, it wasn't taken serious. So that's one of the things that um, is being investigated right now. And then on top of that, um, they they were, like you said, like you mentioned it, um, these were guys, these were people that were known by the victims, you know what I'm saying? They knew the victims, and, like, even the neighbors, I mean, even though people have called on him a couple times, like, the man that um, had claimed to rescue the women, they, um, he even said, like, it was just kind of hard to believe that this guy would be involved in something like this because he just seemed like a normal guy. I mean, he wasn't out there. I mean, he. You know, he just he kind of stayed to himself. He really didn't um, bother anybody in the community or in the neighborhood. So that people never really thought much about it. You know what I'm saying? And they were kind of shocked when um, um, it came to light that he was in on this. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's just really sad. And like I said, it's important for people to know who's living in their community. Like, it's, it's really important for you to even know who you're dealing with, especially if, if you have children. And it's just, because um, you never know who's a predator and who's going to prey on your children. So it's just really important for people to know um, the adults that they have in their life, like that, especially if you have children. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't know who's going to be uh, preying on your children. You know, so I, I really think people need to start checking their sex, their local sex offender registry, which Michael, he'll probably hit on that later on when he comes on the show. But I kind of think it's important for people to uh, be knowledgeable of their surroundings. You know, teach your children to be knowledgeable of their surroundings and, and teach them not to be so trusting of people. I know that's a bad thing to say, but in these days and times, you really need to teach your children just to be aware and, you know, and not be so naive. You know, I know that's a bad thing to say, and it's bad that we have to teach children that these days, but it's one of those things, you know, this is a dog-eat-dog. You know what I'm saying? This this is just like a predator-ristic type of, if there's such a word, predator-ristic type of world. You know, everybody's out here looking to prey. Everybody's looking to get over on everyone else, and everybody's looking to... uh you know, just to be, um, just to target someone else. So I, I, that's kind of how I feel about it. So I don't know if you had anything else to say. I mean, um, 
right now. Um, well, I also really... kind of mm-hmm. sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying um, if you have something else you can um, say, if not, we can go to a couple songs until after 11. But yeah, you have something else to say. Well, I was also just kind of curious. You know, I wonder how much the Stockholm syndrome was playing in this uh, situation. You know, the three three young women being held for so long, I wonder if after X amount of time, if they just kind of uh, started to identify with their captors, you know, where they, you know, I don't, I don't know if you know what I mean by the Stockholm Syndrome, but that's where people that are being held captive, they start to uh, sympathize with their captors or identify with their captors. And, um, I don't that was the case because I think the first chance she was able to get to a phone, she was very like, I mean, if you hear the tapes, it's one of those things that she was trying to get out. It wasn't a thing that she became comfortable because, like, um, just hearing a 911 call, it's just like she was desperate to get out of that situation. Yeah, and but what about the other girls? I don't know if it was that, but I do know that um, – they were seeing how really her mindset, since she hasn't been engaged in society, her mindset is that of a child still. And she's going to have to go, probably go years, I mean, go through years of, you know, um, treatment and, you know, psychological, you know, um, therapy to uh, just to get her to a state to where she's just a, you know, a normal functioning person in society because she hasn't been exposed to anybody in over 10 years. And not only, I mean, not just her, but just all three of them. You know what I'm saying? So it's just crazy how this man could even keep three grown women locked away. Well, there was two other guys that were helping him. Yeah, the two brothers. They know the one Ariel... um, What's his last name? Ariel um, Castro. He was. They're saying that he was the main mastermind, and he had his two other brothers were kind of like around his age. But they're saying that he's definitely going to be charged. The 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 one the Ariel um, Castro, and but they're more likely the other two are going to be charged as well. Because uh, yeah, it's almost like they knew that this was going on, and they didn't contact the authorities. So yeah, they're they're equally guilty because they you know they were knowledgeable of the crime and they did nothing. If you know mm-hmm. by doing if they if if nothing else if they if all they did was nothing, they're still guilty of of you know complicity because they 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 covered it up by not saying exactly. anything or doing anything. So. You know, whether they they were involved in any of the rapes or helping him to keep them captive, I I don't know. I suppose we'll find out soon. But still, yeah. they're 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 guilty of the girl's captivity by virtue of doing nothing, at least, yeah. at the very least. Yeah. So, in your opinion, what what can if, if anybody can learn anything from um, this entire situation, what is something that you think people should take away from it? Oh gosh, <clears throat> quite a lot. That's that's, that's 
kind of hard to say because, I mean, as you were saying earlier, you know, we need to be more aware of our neighbors, you know, get more information about our neighbors, but also at the same time, you know, there's right to privacy to be respected and everything. You know, we can't be poking our nose into our neighbors. I think, I think uh, if you have children, you just need to uh, teach your children to be very careful, you know, um, not to get any cars with, uh, even if it's a neighbor that you recognize, you know, some guy or, or a woman or whoever lives down the street from you, you know, a couple doors down, you know, if they, you know, don't get in their car unless, you know, only trust the people that you've known for years and years and uh, the people that your parents have known for many years, you know, people that uh, just because it's someone that lives in your neighborhood or, you know, you know, a, a classmate's uncle or whatever that you, you've met a couple times. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. That's that's a hard one to say. I I don't have children, so yeah. I I don't know what kind of things I would tell my own children if I had them, other than. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. It's it's also it's 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 tricky because um. Even the people that you you think you know very well, you may don't know. still not really know them at all. Because yeah. people are going to put forth a lot of people, and that's what a lot of people people want to put forth a an image that they want you to see. You see what I'm saying? Right. And you, and it's and that's what's so scary about it is people put on facades and they put on these masks, and 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 a lot of times when we we hear about stuff like this. Sometimes, you know, the people in the family might even be surprised that this person was caught up in something like that because who who wants to think that their family member or somebody that's in their neighborhood or someone that's a prominent or respected leader would be involved in something like this? You see what I'm right. saying? Right. You, you can have someone, you know, a guy who lives next door to you that seems to be eccentric and kind of behaves strange and doesn't have much interaction with the neighborhood and whatever you could think that person is weird and maybe view them suspiciously and you know there could be absolutely nothing wrong maybe the guy the person just is just not a very social person and then you can have someone that likes to hang out at uh at uh, you know public parks or you know sit down and and watch children play at a at a playground and you you know you might think oh there there's a there's a pervert and you know they could be you know actually not at all you know completely the opposite maybe they just love children and like you know wa- like watching children play and they have no perverse motives or anything you know they you know they don't intend in any time to do anything strange or you know or whatever so I mean, you know, that's why I was like kind of hard for me to say what kind of lesson right. could I take away from this because you really just don't know people. You just, you just don't know. Yeah. 
And someone that can act strange can actually not be all that strange as you might think or not be all that suspicious. And then someone that uh, you think you can trust and everything has actually got some some uh, skeletons in the closet that uh, you would never believe. All right. Well, um, Kane, we're going to go to a, a couple of songs really quick. And um, I think when we come back, I think Michael should be on air. Um, he will be uh, on a little after 11. So um, we'll be back in a few. Uh, uh, yeah.
got more money. Drone shots gonna get a refill. Still got more money. Trippers gone up and down that pole. Still got more money. Four o'clock and we're going home. Still got more money. Money makes the world go round. Still got more money. Fans make your girl go down. Still got more money. Got more where that came from. Still got more money. So look at your eyes and know you won't fall. Oh! 
too slick. Baby, why you doing me like I ain't workish? Make me wanna ride past your house and sit. Kick down your doors and smack your chick. Just to show you Monica not having it. So in love with you like a drug habit again. You treat me so unreal. What she do, I do better. What she did to make you love her.
girl told me that a man that can dance might can possibly get down with the tools in his pants. Now I'm a lady, let me see it vibrate. And when it's over, you ain't gonna need your bird. Cause I'm a pro, make you bend your back low, then the pound it real fast, just like the percolator. If you ever feel 
right, we are back here at the Urban Wire, brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, where we shine the light on issues impacting the urban community. Um, I believe we have Michael Snyder online, and we have another call, um, 317664. Um, is this C? Yes. Oh, okay. Welcome to the show. You know, we, you know, we got a good panel tonight. We have Miss C. Johnson. We have Michael Snyder online. We have Kane online. Um, tonight we're going to talk about a very, very, very tragic and horrific story. And if you guys have, let me, let me, let me, let me just put, let me put something out here real quick. If you don't have anything constructive to say, and you don't, don't even call here because I had somebody on send me a message talking about. Um, Sylvia Brown didn't have anything to do with this, so. Just talking about that. First of all, who said Sylvia Brown had anything to do with it? We're talking about a prediction that she made and that it wasn't true. So before you get on here talking about what did Sylvia Brown have to do, do your research, boo boo. Get online and, and, and check out what everybody else has been saying, and go back and, and, and check out the actual story for yourself before you want to send stupid comments on air. Okay. Because, you know, like I said, I'm going to start blocking people. And like I said, this person is pretty much irrelevant and ignorant and trashy anyway. So, but like I said, if you're going to have something constructive, bring it to the conversation. If not, don't even send your comments in. All right? So, anyways, we're going to go to uh, Michael. Yeah. So, what's what's, what's going on with you? Uh, The end of a lovely work day. (laughs) A lovely work day. All right. Oh, wow. It's always lovely when you get off work. Yeah. yeah. This is true. And how are you, Missy? I am doing wonderful. Same here. Right. Really getting finished with a lot of work and things like that, too. So just wanted to join in. All right. Well, um, before we jump into um, the actual story, I want to jump in from top top to bottom, what were, what were your thoughts when you first heard about this story? Like, what what mean, what what was going through your mind when you heard about this story? Are you asking me? Yes. Okay, well, my thing is, is I'm going to be honest, I honestly did not know that these three girls were missing. And, um, and I actually heard about it through um through a video of the um supposed hero that actually rescued them and um I was really kind of dumbfounded that um these girls were held prisoner in this home and I'm going to say in a um functioning home you know because just not, and when I say functioning I mean you know, just just like the hero said, you know, there was just normal activity in his eyes that was going on. So they hid all of that yelling. They hid everything from people for 10 long years. And I was just kind of dumbfounded that, you know, all that was going on inside of that home and, um 
I, I was just really, really shocked at the fact that um, that these girls were missing for ten long years. And what what made it so, you know, what what also was just so crazy about the whole situation is these girls were not. I mean, people thought they were long gone, dead, but they were not even far away from where they were abducted. All those years, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, it just goes to show you. It's not always that, that, that suspicious character that we like to call Pookie that's hiding around mm-hmm. the corner in the dark alleys. It could be somebody in your family that you know that, mm-hmm. or somebody, a close friend of the family that could be responsible for something like this. We never know. You know what? I just I just uh, found out something. I, I did a quick search here, and you know what I found out, which is really shocking? Ariel Castro was a school bus driver. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. He was a freaking school bus driver. So that... Mm. Mm-hmm. How so shocking is that? And he flew under the radar all these years, and nobody even knew that he held this deep, dark secret. Mm-hmm. That's one hell of a double life. Oh yeah. So that's probably how he was able to uh get these girls trust is because he was their school bus driver. He was their driver mm-hmm. there. Uh these girls they lived like within three miles. Their home their their families like were within a radius of three, five miles of where this guy lived. You never know. So he he was probably their the family members in the grocery store. store. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Wow. So, Michael, what did you? What was your first reaction when you heard about this story? Especially with you being a lawyer, I was bringing up before you came on the on the phone, like before you came jumped on the show. I was bringing how important it is for people to know who's living in their communities and how we, um, we as members of the community, have to start um, just start knowing people, like you know, seeing who. Like the, the predators are in your neighborhood And I mean uh, Kane brought up something about not infringing on people's rights But I think there's certain things that we can utilize That, that don't necessarily Infringe on people's rights To where we can ensure the safety of our children And just the elderly and the women And just everybody in general within the community What? Can I, can from, I cut in here from real a, quick Just for a moment Go ahead Just to add something um, I think this changes that uh, That just a little bit because this guy Ariel Castro was a school bus driver. So by virtue of being a school bus driver, he has the trust of neighborhood parents. So we have to go back to the school district that hired him. Did they miss something perhaps when they hired him? That's a good question. Uh, That's something I think probably families should look into. Looking at it from a perspective of, you know, a law enforcement-related field here, wow. I mean, I guess there's always going to be a wild card out there that's going to pop up and make you scratch your head and go, how in the hell did that happen? I'm shocked as hell that these people were held captive like 10 years and there was no clue. It's like, oh, they just come and go. People come and go. No big deal. Uh-huh. 
Wow, 10 years they've been locked away in a little dungeon in that place. Freaking well, we'll, amazing. We're going to jump to um, this case to put all this together. We, um, we're going to jump to a clip brought to you by the Associated Press um, entitled Three Brothers Arrested in Ohio Missing Women's Case. And that way we'll just have all the facts. And then um, we'll come back and discuss this in, uh, more in detail. And also later on, I want to get to uh, we're going to get to the entire Sylvia Brown thing later on, but because um, I have clips for that. But also, after we come back from our discussion, um, I want to play uh, another clip of where um, a local Fox station interviewed the the person that was um, that person that assisted in them getting rescued by the name of um, Charles Ramsey. We're going to go to an interview by him, by a local um, box channel. And um, we're going to come back and discuss it because I have something I want to say about that because there were people criticizing him. Okay, this man did a heroic act, and he actually um, got involved in the community, and he knew something wasn't right. He did the right thing, but people are bringing his past up in question. And I want to um, talk about that because there's a couple things that bother me with that. So we're going to get to that, but we're going to go to this clip first that will put everything in perspective, and we will be back here momentarily. These are the three brothers arrested in Cleveland, authorities believe responsible for holding captive three women for years in this neighborhood. In that house, the women now found. Prayers have finally been answered. The nightmare is over. One of the men, former school bus driver Ariel Castro, owned the home. The discovery of the women started with a 911 call by one of them, Amanda Berry. I've been kidnapped and I've been missing for 10 years and I'm, I'm here, I'm free now. She is seen here on the right, hugging her sister in the hospital after being rescued. Authorities think Barry and Gina DeJesus and Michelle Knight were held there since their teens or early 20s. Police are not saying if they were tied up or sexually abused. These three young ladies have provided us with the ultimate definition of survival and perseverance. The healing can now begin. Also found in the house, a six-year-old believed to be Barry's daughter. The women appear to be in good health, taken to a hospital and reunited with relatives. These girls, these women are so strong. I, stronger than I am. I will tell you that much. And they all have a positive attitude. Now outside the De Jesus home, balloons and banners. Police had been to the Castro home on Seymour Avenue twice in 15 years, but never about any suspicious activity inside. Investigators are now piecing together how the women were abducted and hidden for so long in a place just a few miles from where they separately vanished. Lee Powell, the Associated Press. All right, we are back from um, that clip. Um, just very, very, very disturbing. And like I said, these women were not even, a, they were less than a few miles away from, you know, where their homes were, and people were totally clueless that they were even still alive. You know, um, and like they said, they're still under investigation now. They're trying to piece together everything. How did you know? How were they abducted? How um, how did it? 
come to pass that he was able to uh, abduct these three women? And then also, did you guys hear about uh, about that there was a six-year-old daughter um, that possibly belongs to um, uh, Amanda Berry, like one of the ladies that was um, held captive? They were thinking that um, she she is the, the uh, daughter of her, but that the uh, other guys denying it, talking about, well, this is not her daughter. This is a daughter from um, another relationship and this, that, and the other. Okay, so my thing is, okay, if there was a girlfriend involved, she didn't know that there were some three women being held captive in this man's house, like she, she never made it over there to even know. I mean, did she? She never found anything suspicious. If that story is true, like I mean, that's just kind of crazy to me. Yeah, wouldn't make a lot of sense. Well, again, um, I wonder what kind of duress these girls were were under. Uh, what kind of threats were made? to them if they said anything and again also I wonder if uh, to what degree the Stockholm Syndrome was playing here like did these women that were being held captive did at some point did they uh, start to identify or just with their captors or did they just accept their situation and give in where they mentally beat down to where they, they just uh, gave up. I mean, yeah. Uh, um, I guess her name, uh, Amanda Berry, she eventually um, came out of it and uh, escaped, but still there are these other two women. Um, if this girl, this six year old girl is one of the, these women's daughters, you know, I, I seem to remember hearing somewhere on NPR, I think it was NPR, that uh, one of them had been taken to the hospital. And why did she not, they not say anything while at the hospital? They must have been under some kind of threat. You know, for example, if you say anything, we're going to kill the other two. Yeah. You know, I, there's still a lot of things that need to be found out here that we do not know about. Well, the question that I do have is, you know, at the time um, of the abduction, you know, were these girls promised something by them? Were they troubled? Were they going through something? Were these men like someone that they felt like they could confide in, not knowing that they were like that? You, like, I just don't understand, you know, like it's, it's, it's questions now that I have, you know, that is just, like, I I just want these questions answered because it, it really is bothering me, too, because, you know, sometimes you have um, teens, you know, that may be having trouble at home, and, you know, they can find someone to confide into, and, you know, and uh-huh. these people put on a facade and try to make you feel like, okay, that they're this way. And then it's like, you know, when they just do so much for them, then they turn the tables and they start doing these dastardly things. So that's the question that I have. And and, and you bring up a good point. I wonder, was there a struggle since she Mm -hmm. knew these guys 
was there even a struggle to convince them, like, hey, come with me? Mm-hmm. I mean, because right. me, it's like they would have made a, you know, she's 16, so she would have made a big enough scene to where somebody mm-hmm. would have noticed something. So I, was I don't think there was there, I don't think there was a struggle because Ariel Castro, he was a former bus driver. So these girls could have been riding on his bus, you know, as he was taking them to school. So they would have had, you know, a built-in trust just because he was the school bus driver. This guy drives them to and from school every day so they would trust him. I don't know about you guys, but when I was younger, I, I rode on a school bus. I had complete trust in my school bus driver. And I don't know, in a lot of cases, you know, and however the original incident started out, I know I have read before in other things of prolonged captivity issues that at first, you know, the brainwashing process, is pretty an interesting thing to see how they actually beat the person down. I mean, right? It's you know, Stockholm syndrome. You know, it's pretty interesting to see how they do that because the person eventually is kind of like, well, I might as well just go with it because it's not going to change. And then all of a sudden, one day they find a way to get out. Right. Which is kind of scary. It makes you wonder how many other missing people are going through the same thing. Well, also, um, there was an interview I saw with um, a relative of Ariel Castro. I think it was a niece. I'm not sure. But she was a a classmate, friend of uh, one of these girls. And they were walking home one day, and, um, you know, they they said they, they went their separate ways, and that's when the girl disappeared. Uh, so she must have been picked up by uh, this Ariel Castro, which who used to be a school bus driver. So he had the girl's trust by virtue of being a school bus driver. So he. Oh, then, have... You know, Kane, that brings about two questions to me there, knowing that. Number one, they were walking home from school. Did they ride his school bus? And number two, yeah. he goes, hey, you know, Obviously, if he's she's walking home with her niece or with this guy's niece, they're friends in some aspect. So you know he could be like, "Oh, hey, you know, I'm school bus driver. You know, I'm I'm your your friend there, her uncle. I'm so and so." You know, there's like maybe two possible levels of trust there to make her breathe easy about something. Right. Right. True. True, but then I would like to say this too, you know, and then there are some instances where you have these teens out here that, you know, um, if a guy says something to them, say, oh, you know, well, you look so pretty or you have nice eyes or whatever, you know, maybe he said something that really made her have a liking for him. You know, so that's another question that I had, and I know that seems kind of absurd, but the fact is is that you do have a lot of teens out there that will fall for any little word that a guy may say. So the question is, could he have been trying to come on to her and, you know, he said some things to her to make her really, 
fall for it? And I know this that that seems this, crazy, but this is a question. And this is my thing. I think the situation is more complicated. I mean, on the, on the surface, everybody's saying, "Oh, well, you know." I, I think the situation might be more complicated. It could be more complicated than what we would want to see, because there could be some issues that were taking place back then that people don't want to look at right now because they they see this young girl. Well, you know. You know, she she was victimized, but she was. But mm-hmm. it's it, it is, it's probably some things that we probably don't want to, to consider because I mean, for it to be to where this happened, it had to be a point where she. I'm not saying that. Okay, how can I put this up? For him, to, for this just to happen so easily, it had to be some stuff involved. Like I mean, it just couldn't have been mm-hmm. just. This man just rolled up on this girl and just took her into captivity. I think that it was some things going on, and it was some shady stuff going on, and, and who knows? It could have been something that was ongoing, and we, we just don't know yet. We don't know yet. Um, like you said, you know, like I said, she she's just coming out of that situation, and right now we don't know much about what that you know what happened because I mean, of course, they're still investigating that, but. It's just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. What's really creepy is, think of how seriously dangerous these people are. Not only the fact that they were able to kidnap someone, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. Not only did they kidnap them, but they hid it from ten, for 10 years, brainwashed these people for 10 years, and was able to give the outward appearance to everyone else in their community and their jobs that, oh, yeah, I'm just an average person. Mm-hmm. That's pretty scary. Yeah, you know what, and I really do have to agree with that because, you know, it is almost like, you know, I'm just going to use this, almost like a functional crackhead. I am being so serious about that because you have some people out there that can smoke crack and perform on a regular basis, and you can look at them and you would never know that something was wrong with them. And I'm going to honestly say this, my father, functional crackhead, you would have never known that he was out there like that. And I mean, and to just find out that that was something that he was doing, I'm like, wow, because he dressed the part of a successful businessman he talked a good game, always had the nicest cards and everything, but would not have known that he was like this. So it could have been, you know, that this guy, you know, he he knew that he had those issues like that, but, of course, he done his best or his damnness to hide it. And see, that's, that's the scary thing about it is because so many people have these addictions and these in these in these fetishes that we don't mm-hmm. know about it. They can dress that stuff up during the week, hide that, you know, mm-hmm. put on this face, um, you know, and then on the week they geeking and freaking and they sucking and, and doing and sipping and sampling all the mm-hmm. weekend. And then they put on this face during the week, they they cover that shit up. They 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 mm-hmm. uh, they put on this professional role. They know how to dress they know to hide that stuff, but they, but, but, like you said, you don't know what they're doing on the mm-hmm. outside. 
And that's what makes mm-hmm. it so scary. And then, like you said, then with situations like this happening, it, it just it really brings that point home that we mm-hmm. really don't know what anybody's doing behind closed doors. That's why I'm saying mm-hmm. we have to do more thorough background checks about people in our community. We have to start being more vigilant. We have to instill into our child. First of all, we have to instill into these children self-worth and self-respect. So they won't find mm-hmm. themselves in situations to where they their safety is being compromised. Because like you said, who knows? It could have been a situation where he lured this child into that situation. And if it wasn't for that, if that woman, if that child knew who she was and knew how mm-hmm. valuable and precious she was, she wouldn't have to go through that. But I'm not saying that that happened, but so many times situations happen to where children are easily led astray. That's why you see so many mm-hmm. kids see so many young people that get caught up in these gangs because they're looking for something mm-hmm. that they're not getting at home. You see so many of these women get caught up with these young, these bone guys, these pimps that get caught up with these men that are womenizers, abusers, because they weren't, that, that, that self-respect and self-love was not instilled in them from a long, I can't speak tonight, from a young age. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, we have to also respect uh, privacy. Um, you say we need to know about our neighbors, et cetera, but um, our but neighbors. How is sex offender registry and intruding into somebody's privacy? I mean, well, I think to a point, if you are a predator, people should know. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. there's that, but also you can have your your next door neighbor that, uh, in your opinion, behaves strangely. You that just because you think your neighbor behaves strangely does not give you the right to intrude upon their privacy. Well, I so, think one of the best ways that people ahead, ahead, probably Mike. check. I think one of the best ways that people could probably check on their neighbors, and this would be part of. And it's a lost art in today's day and ages. You know, if you see your neighbors, say hi to them, talk to them, engage them in a conversation. You know, even if they're a little bit weird, okay, at least, you know, find out why you think they're weird. You know, if there's something more suspicious going on, then there's public resources where you can check things online and look. You know, there's a lot of things that, you know, that we just don't do anymore nowadays because we've got our head down and we go about our own ways. You know, I think that would probably be one good thing. If you live in a neighborhood, say hi to your neighbors. Get to know who they are. Right. See, what was you going to say? I was just going to say this. You know, privacy is one thing, but when neighbors expose who they are and what they are and what they want to do, Privacy is over because they don't already let it be known. And then my thing is, too, is, you know, that's why you don't let your kids go over every time Dick and Harry's house. You don't know what these parents are about. You don't know what is going on. And that is why parents need to not just send their kids on everywhere. You know, there is a such thing as being strict on kids, and I'm not talking about punching kids and I'm not talking about beating kids and doing all the kind of stuff, but I'm saying knowing everything about what your child is involved in. See, of course we have these neighbors out here, just like Seneca said, you know, people are just, there, there are so many freaks out there. 
You don't know what your neighbors are about. But my thing is, is just like the one man said on here, get to know them. Get to know what they're about, what they like, what they don't like. You know, little little things like that. But see, but but the problem is, is that these parents let their kids go over everybody's house and they don't know, and then they let their kids wander all around, and they don't know where they are, you know, and that is an issue right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's my thing, too. You know, what what happens to people knowing the whereabouts of their children? Right. Mm-hmm. What right. is being, I mean, I, I just know when I came up, I, it was the first time I had to be in the house, until I was 18. Yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? Right. It ain't going to be, you going to yeah. be out at some so-and-so's house. I don't know what you're doing over there. That's right. You know? Yeah. Mhm. Yes, and my mom didn't play that. And I'm just going to say, because my, my mother raised me practically by myself. And the fact of the matter is, is that my mother didn't let me stray all out in the street. My mother kept a close eye on me when I was younger, and we were at the store. I remember being seven and eight years old. I even had to walk in front of the car. It was no walking behind her. I, she had me by my collar, had me hold on to that cart. It was no, okay, I'm going to let my child go over here to the toy, toy aisle, and I'm going to go over here into the bra and penny aisle. It was nothing like that. I had to be in her eyesight at all times, and that is the problem. You know, when they let their kids do whatever they want to do, and I don't care who I'm offending, if you're offended, I really don't care because this is a touchy subject for me. You know, when you let your kids do whatever they want to do, then when they get of age, then you want to say something. No, you need to start. When they come straight out of your stomach, you need to start right then and there. It ain't no waiting until they're about 10, 11, or 12. Forget all that because when they're 10, 11, and 12, they already set in their ways, and they're going to do whatever it is that they want to do. See, and that is the issue right there. You know, you, these parents out here need to stop, you know, focusing on what they want because when you have kids, it's no longer about what you want. It's about the welfare of these kids, and these parents out here got to twist it. I'm sorry, I'm just angry. <laughs> this stuff really yeah, gets it, me it, it, it makes me mad, because let me tell you something. I, I, I was in my neighborhood the other day, and, you know, I, I got pretty, you know, living a decent life. It just made me mad. I'm looking, it was like some babies outside. They couldn't be no more than five. I wouldn't even say they were no more than five. And, and the mm-hmm. other two were, like, about three. And they standing on the edge of the sidewalk, and this this, this mm-hmm. other child, the, the boy that was about he is about to take the bike out in the street. I'm driving down the street, and I'm looking around. These babies could run in the middle of the street and get hit by somebody. And this boy trying mm-hmm. to pick up this bike that was bigger than he was. And I'm looking around for the adult, and I ain't see one adult in sight. Mm-hmm. Now, what happened, mm-hmm. what happened if that child ran the street and I or somebody else hit that child? And then what mm-hmm. happened if somebody was a, a pervert and they just seen them kids and snatched them up? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, it's it, 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 it's just trying. Those adults didn't have parents adulting them. Yeah, it's just you know, it's just sickening. Mm-hmm. It's just really sickening to know that people don't care about their children. 
a lot to a lot of these people right. they still nothing but a check to them. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing but a welfare check to them. They ain't nothing you know, but I, they're, they're inconvenience to them. I've got mm-hmm. a bit of a different perspective because, you know, uh, as I was a child, you know, I grew up in a couple different environments. Um, I spent a lot of my childhood out in the countryside. You know, my closest neighbor would be, you know, half a mile away, you know, just cornfields in between our houses. And then other parts of my childhood was in urban environments, you know, where there was a house just a couple feet away. Um, so you know, my perspective parent- on this oh. is a little bit different. And How are the parenting styles different for you in those two environments? Oh, no different. I mean, uh, my, my parents, they, you know, they were attentive. They... You know, made sure that I uh, did my homework. Uh, but I kept I, an eye on you, rather. As okay. I got older and I was in high school and I had my driver's license and and whatnot, I would drive off on a Friday night to Indianapolis and go hang out with my friends in Indianapolis. And oftentimes I would get home late later than my my parents wanted me to and my dad would be there waiting for me and he would be pissed off as hell because I was getting home you know at two in the morning and you know I was completely sober I was not drinking alcohol not doing drugs or anything I was just hanging out with some friends in Indianapolis you know we would go to Pizza Hut uh, a movie and whatnot but I would still get home late and he would be upset and uh you know all of this talk brings about a very good question though obviously when this woman was abducted she was 16 right Senec? yeah mm-hmm. she was abducted at 16 you know that is old enough to have a driver's license you know obviously you would afford a 16 year old a little bit more leeway than you would a 12 year old well, maybe the family can't afford that. They're they're living in Cleveland. You know, they're in an urban environment, and not all people can have a car. Let me correct something. One of them was 16, and the other one was 14. I forgot how old the other one was. So she was actually 16. Okay. So the and again, they're living in an urban environment. You know, not all people that live in cities have cars. And you know, I'm not saying she has okay. a driver's license. Yeah, I'm just using that for the example of... Her 16 years old, you would, you know, at what, you know, this brings up a good question of how do you monitor your children's safety even when they're 16? If you started from the very beginning, then I then, then I truly believe that if you, that if the parent, you know, true enough, there are parents who want to give their kids leeway. I do understand that. But there is no such thing as, being a parent and giving your kids 100% leeway, there should have been some type of observation. You know, I don't know where the parent was. I don't know what was going on with her mother, with her father, or whoever. But the fact of the matter is, is that if the parent was really doing what she was supposed to do in the first place, I truly don't believe that all of this would have happened because if you really – um, 
you know, like if you are really involved in your kid's life, you're going to know every single thing about what they're doing, who they're talking to, where they're going. Your kids are going to say, Mom, this is where I'm going. You know, your kids are going to do that. If there's a lack of communication there, then there's something wrong with the parenting skills. And I'm sorry, but I just said it. There was something wrong. See, I I kind of got to disagree with you because on this situation, I'm not sure that it's an issue with the parents. I don't well, think this you is know, a we don't know that. No, we don't know if it is or it isn't. We don't know. We really I just don't said know. It was a possibility. So hey, I, it's, not yeah, a possibility. it's a possibility, but I I don't think that that's a, an issue here. I think it's something You're entirely different. And I'm I think, entitled to say what I want to say too. So I'm just saying that I was entitled to say the that the fact of the matter <laughs> is is that if a parent is truly truly involved in their children's life, then they will know every single thing about their children. If this girl, you know, we don't know what it is that she was going through. If she was having problems at school, having problems at home, having problems with a boyfriend, a family member, or whatever, if a parent is truly involved, they're going to know those things. So I'm just saying this, sir, that there is some type of way that the parent could have been involved to know that if there was a problem, then the girl, you know, especially the matter is they don't know what was wrong. Especially but, if the man was a well, like somebody that they knew in the family. But mm-hmm. we have no evidence that that is the situation in this case. All that we know is that uh, this girl was going home with a, a classmate who is related to her abductor, and uh, this abductor is a former bus driver. So this former bus driver, uh, we have she would have reasonable trust with this person because he is a a uh, bus driver for the school district. So well, it does not appear to be an issue with her family members. Uh, we don't have any information on that, of course, at this moment. So it does not appear to be an issue with the family or an issue with her herself. It, it seems to be that someone, this uh, Ariel Castro, abused his trust with this girl to abduct her. That's so, your opinion. We, yeah. we all have That's, our own opinions about it's it. Not an opinion. You know, you know, it's not an opinion. It's just a observation based on the facts that we have. It's not my opinion. Um, well, and, you know, I'm sure that in, as the time goes on, more details will probably come out about this. I'm sure the woman has a lot on her plate right now getting reunited with her. Right. You know, of course, she's got to reunite with her family, have some time, but I'm sure there's going to be – extensive questioning around here and hopefully we'll find out more about her and the other victim as well as to how this right. inspired. All right. All right, y'all, we gotta move on really quick. I got a couple more clips I need to play and I know these two are gonna be we gotta get this in, because um, I wanna get this in for the taping. Um I'm just going to this next clip dealing with the person that had to do with her being rescued along with the two other girls and the six year old. And it's something I really want to bring to you guys' attention. This is why I really want to get to this, because it's something controversial I have to say about the whole situation behind this. 
and something that Fox News put out about this person. And, you know, I'm going to going to say something that's going to probably anger people. Not anger people, but it's going to annoy you, cause, but I just keep it real. So when we come mm-hmm. back from this situation, um, from this clip, we're going to talk about the situation. Um, the guy that was responsible was a neighbor by the name of Charles Ramsey. And Fox News, a local Fox News station, interviewed him about the rescue and stuff like that. And he's just a regular old person. He's nobody, you know, you know, he's just a typical person. He, and he'll even tell you that, you know, I'm just, just a normal person just trying to, you know, live life and, you know, and, and just be a productive citizen of society. But there's some people that want to question um, his past. But we're going to get on that when we get back from this clip. Yeah, this is Charles Ramsey, correct? Yes, sir. You live next door to the home. Yes, sir. I talked to you earlier. Can you tell our viewers again what happened? I went to McDonald's, came home, I met at McDonald's. I got the day off from work, so naturally you're doing nothing. And I hear this girl screaming, and she's going nuts. So I look, I come outside, and I know there's nobody that's supposed to be screaming next door to my house because there's no girl that lives in that house. So that's a dead giveaway to something wrong. And when I came to the front door and looked at her, she said, my name is Amanda Beard. Please get me out this house. So I'm thinking, ah, whatever. So I helped her get out the house. I ain't thinking that you really that girl that's missing. You've been gone for so long, you know, you think you're lying. And she called the police, and they came, and they took a fingerprint sample of her, a blood sample, and it came back. It was her. And then she said it was two more uh, girls up in the house. Now, I don't know this. I just helped her move you're, out. You're correct. It was Gina DeJesus was the other yeah. one. And then a woman named Michelle Knight. Had, so you've been living next door to that house? Had you known there were any people? Here? No, because I'd have pulled this heroic stuff last Thank year. Okay. My okay. <laughs> Thank you for restraining yourself. But, so, so you realized who it was. So when, once she said her name, you recognized the name. Yeah. yeah. And then I walked down the street, and I told my, my neighbor, Anthony, and I said, Anthony, I had, cause I, me and Anthony talked about this last year, but he told me I was paranoid because I just moved on the street, uh-huh. and I told him something wrong with that house. He told me, just, just leave it alone, Chuck, and see what happened. Did you know the person that lived there? Yeah, we all know him. He'll go say his name. No, but, but do, you know, do you know him? It's, yeah. But you thought he lived there by himself? Yes. Yes, that's what I'm saying. To hear some noises come next door doesn't make no sense. Because I know you live there by yourself. And police took him into custody? They, you know? they, they say they, this is what I heard, they, they caught him at McDonald's. Because what I did was okay, gave I him. Or Peggy Sinkin said the I, I gave them okay. the description of the car that he was in. Okay. And I guess they, he, he drives a blue Mazda Miata. They just made that many of them. Okay, yeah. I think our Peggy Sinkovich just, just confirmed that as well earlier. Yeah. Okay, Kevin, Bill, can you hear me? All right, we're back. Um, there's mm-hmm. a few things that bothered me about that. And I just didn't really care for the reporter. Like, he mm-hmm. told you, like, and, no, I'm not going to say that because I'm, I'm not going to go there. Because it's, it's Seems a thing, like, like I said. Because, no, hold on, let me finish my talk, please. Um, I mean, to me, you know, you pretty much asking this guy, did you know that the woman, okay, why, you asked him that like twice in two different ways, like, did you know, not know that somebody else lived there? Okay, then why would he, you know what I'm saying? It was just annoying about that, about that report. That's just something I wanted to bring up. 
And I want to bring up something that they I was watching the talk earlier today, and they brought up something that really disturbed me about how Fox News wanted to bring this person's character into play. This guy, just he was involved in a domestic dispute years ago. He done did his time, you know, but he's out. He's paid his debt to society. He's a productive citizen of society. Obviously, he has his own home. He works. So why is that even being brought into the situ, the, you know, the conversation as far as him helping this girl out? You see what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I'm not going to bring race into this, but you know what? I'm just going to be honest with you about it. I felt, I feel that, especially with it being Fox News, I think they're already anti-black, they're anti-day, they're anti-anything that's not, you know what I'm saying? So to me, it seems like it wouldn't even came into question. His past wouldn't even be, they wouldn't even research this person if he was white. I feel that they wouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. And I think that mm-hmm. the way society is, and I, and, I, and I put this on Facebook earlier, I think that we reason why, people have such a negative mindset towards minorities in general is because it just seems like when we do something good, it's always ha- it always has to be something negative behind it. It, it, it never can be like a, a person doing something good, and, it, and that's that. You know, for you to bring up somebody's character, that's why people can't get jobs now that are fellas, because people want to always dig in their past and bring up stuff that they done paid for. They done already made their mistake. They done made up for it. And like they were saying on the talk today, that doesn't have anything to do with that. That man has paid his debt to society. He he made, he did a heroic act, unlike so many other people in that community probably knew stuff was going on, turned the blind eye, turned the deaf ear, and they didn't want to have anything to do with this. But this person helped this girl out, and now what Fox News does, as they always do, they also want to throw in some shit to divert the attention from the good. Seneca, let's let's just put Fox News on mute. Let's just turn them off because you know Fox News is just so full of it. They've got their agenda, and um, you know. Let me just say, I you know I'm a white guy, but Fox News is is uh, the mouthpiece for the uh, the privileged white guy. Just forget about but, Fox. You know, I understand what you're saying, Kane, but we can't, we, you can't just, I mean, you, you don't, people, people, the average person, like I said, you know, every person may be able to see that. But you know what? We can't minimalize what they do because, really, you look at how dangerous, and how many, how many people out here that are over the edge of going crazy, you got people out here that don't have rational sense, they can't, they don't have any common sense, they can't think for themselves, and for Fox News, that is their new, that's, that's their way, that's their link between them and the world, you see what I'm saying, and for mm-hmm. someone that doesn't have not the, you know, average sense, they're going to take what they hear on Fox News and take it for the gospel truth, you see what I'm saying, off of what Fox News has said. Yeah, didn't some people like last year do some kind of domestic terrorism thing or tried to because of what they were hearing on Fox News? Yes. Mm. Mm -hmm. I mean, why should they nitpick? Why should they nitpick the hell out of this guy for what? 
I don't care if the guy is a three-headed dragon. You know, whatever the hell he is, he helped this woman escape. He done something really good. Shouldn't we, you know, give the guy a pat on the back for that? And, and that's what I was saying, you know, and that's the only reason I brought this up because we as society, we are so trivial on things. And it just goes mm-hmm. to show you, I don't care what nobody said. It has, to, I don't know. I just I just think, especially with it coming from Fox News, I, I just really think that it was just irrelevant for them to bring that man's past up. You see what I'm saying? Like, it was yeah. irrelevant. You know, I mean, people make mistakes. Um, I think once you pay your debt to society, you do your time, you serve your time, you come out, you become a productive citizen, I don't think that that should be held into account anymore, especially, you know what I'm saying, for certain things. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it also right. should be noted that Fox News, for all its uh, bravado and whatnot, it is owned by a guy from Saudi Arabia. Uh, oh, right. And, uh, you know, Fox News, they're a bunch of fucking hypocrites. Oh, excuse my French. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, though. Uh, Were you going to say no. something, Mark? I say on this one, I agree with Kane. Fox is a bunch of hypocritical weirdos and how they want to convey, you know, even such a good thing as you find somebody that's been missing for 10 years, and they're going to try and find some stupidity with, you know, a guy that done a heroic act. That's asinine. I mean, Fox News is just so full of it. I mean, I mean, I watch Fox News for entertainment. That's what I treat that uh, so-called news outlet as. I just treat them as entertainment because they, they they're so ridiculous. You know, Hannity Combs, uh, Bill O'Reilly, those guys they're they're jokers. They I I just can't take them seriously because they're just so full of it. Yeah, you know, I could see the entertainment value in it because it is kind of like watching a more dramatized version of Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I don't know about that, but <laughs> <laughs> it's it's oh these these guys they're, they're um um oh when uh what what's the guy's name the 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 super hyped up guy uh that's a long list on fox <laughs> oh the, the those guys they they're just so ridiculous and you know for the, all all that they say i just want to come back and at them and say look your your guys your network is owned by a Saudi Arabian right. uh oil tech tycoon. You're it's it's it, not America. It's kind of your arena. All, all for for all you guys say that you're American, you're owned by another company, not an American company. You're you're it's ridiculous. And this is my thing about Fox News, like the Fox News Network. If you want to do commentary, that's fine. But don't sit up here and try to market yourself or push yourself out there as a legitimate news organization. If you want to do commentary, that's fine. But for you to actually make try to come across like you're being a, a non-biased um, news entity where you're being objective towards things that are going on in the world, that is far from the truth. 
You know what I'm saying? There's, there's plenty of people that are commentators now. That's fine. If you want to put your opinion out there, that's that's what this country is based upon, whatever. But I have a problem with you. You you are a disgrace to the world of journalism. Like, because, you know, oh, if you're going to be a journalist, be a commentator, be a commentator. Yeah, Bill O'Reilly is no spin of, uh, you know, they totally spin everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, can uh, I say if this? If you go to uh, yeah. CNN or uh, what's her name, Rachel Maddow, um, mm-hmm. they're going to, uh, um, they will honestly uh, uh, report when they get something wrong, but Fox News, those guys, they, they don't do that. All right, um, we're going to go to see what C has to say. Michael, if you have something to say, say what you uh, you can jump no, in. We got one more thing that we need to hurry up and um, do before the show ends. Um, we want to get to the Sylvia Brown thing. But, um, C, did you have something to say really quick? And then I'm going to let Michael yeah. speak, and then we can go to this next story. My thing is, is that, you know, they are focusing too much on – I think that they're not focusing on the fact that these girls are free, but they're focusing on who free them. And my question is, since when do you have to meet certain qualifications to help free somebody? I didn't know you have to be um, a certain qualified person to help free somebody. That's what I don't understand. You know, like I don't think they should just be sitting up here looking at his appearance, looking at his past, and they're questioning, you know, the fact that he sat up here and he really, if you think about it, risked his life because he didn't know if the man was there. He didn't know if the guys were there. He just went over there just to do whatever he felt like he had to do to get her out of there. So I just thought that that was kind of crazy. Well, what about, um, I think one of his first interviews that he gave was, you know, um, it's kind of humorous, but I think he was saying something like, uh, here's a white woman running into my uh, black man's arms. Uh, You know, a woman doing that is... You know, you know something's wrong if uh, a white woman's running into a black man's arms asking for help. Um, I wonder if they were focusing on that and trying to spin that. I don't see any humor in that. I know, but Uh, there's no humor. But did you you hear that interview with him where he was? No, I haven't. No, I haven't, and I'm glad I haven't. You have anything to say, Michael? No, I think I'm just ready for the next article. What about you, C? I can agree with Mr. Michael on that. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to go to um, another interview. Cause I know, Michael, did you want to handle this next story? Because I know you got some insight on this. Yes. Uh, I think it was within two years after Amanda Berry's disappearance. And we we have a clip too. Whenever you're ready. Okay. Well, go ahead with your clip then. Okay. I'll set it up good. Um, this is a story from CNN, and for the never mind, I want to call them that that said that Sylvia Brown didn't have anything to do in this story. Um, listen to this official story and do your research before you want to send a, an ignorant comment. Like seriously, 
So here's the clip from CNN explaining everything. Hold up. Give me a quick second, guys. All right. Cases, in fact, right on. It's one thing to be a psychic predicting love or the lack thereof. Can you tell me where my love life's going? Nowhere. But there's nothing funny when it comes to predicting life or death. She's gone, honey. Do you know where she's at? In the house or under the house. In that case, psychic Sylvia Brown was right. But now she's under attack. What a horrible human being. For being wrong about this girl. Almost nine years ago, Amanda Berry's mom went on the Montel Williams show where resident psychic Sylvia Brown spoke of Amanda. I don't think I'll ever see her again. Yeah, in heaven on the other side. The WMMS morning show in Cleveland reenacted the transcript. The host read the part of the psychic. I hate this when they're in water. She's not alive, honey. Not alive? Then who's this? I've been kidnapped, and I've been missing for 10 years, and I'm, I'm here. I'm free now. Amanda's mom is the one no longer alive. She came home from the psychic's reading, telling the Cleveland Plain Dealer she was devastated. She died a little more than a year later after being hospitalized with pancreatitis. Uh. Now Sylvia Brown is getting ripped on social media. Brown is a grief vampire, nothing short of evil. You didn't have to be a psychic to predict what Sylvia Brown would say about her mistake. I have been more right than wrong. If ever there was a time to be grateful and relieved for being mistaken, this is that time. Only God is right all the time. My heart goes out to Amanda Berry. There was one part of Sylvia Brown's prediction that her supporters say turned out to be accurate. The radio host read the psychic's words describing the man who took Amanda. Is this sort of Cuban-looking, short, kind of stocky build, heavy set? Turns out the suspect is Latino with the last name Castro. One commenter posted, Psychic wins lottery again, the headline you will never see anywhere. Instead, we saw this headline, and even we could predict what that could do to a mother's head. Ginimo, CNN, New York. All right, we're back. Uh, all right, Mark. Okay. <clears throat> so, as you heard in the clip, how this psychic has completely, without any regard and I guess there's a whole lot of things I could go into here. If you are if you are a psychic, and let me just say I know a lot of people out there are highly skeptic, skeptical on this particular topic, but I happen to know a lot about this stuff. I happen to have a few friends that really are. Even they will tell you, you don't do that. When you're dealing with something that is that extreme, no psychic is ever going to be 100%, but you do not give or you do not even try to make an educated guess upon the status of someone's life. You don't do that. You don't tell people someone is dead. You don't tell people that someone is, you know, even if the situation was reversed, you don't tell them that they're alive. 
You would not do that. That's a plain and simple ethics. It's a violation of ethics. It's a horrible, absolutely, because whether or not you believe in the topic, in the situation or in the case of psychics, you just don't, like with Sylvia Brown's prediction there, the mother died a year later of heart failure from pancreatitis. You know, the mother went to the grave thinking that something horrible had happened to her child and her child was dead. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the kind of things that's screwing with people's heads that no one has any business doing. I understand mm-hmm. it's a difficult thing for families to deal with when that type of a situation occurs, and that's best left to therapists. But if you are thinking about going to a psychic or something like that, if somebody, number one, they don't, they have no business ethically to even say anything like that. They have no business to, and if they are worth any of their salt or their money, they would not comment on that. That's something that they just have no business doing. And uh, Sylvia, Sylvia Brown, as many years in the career she has, should know better. Sylvia Brown is a freaking fraud anyway. People like her, like John Edwards, they're they're just fakes. Well, I know a few of them that are the real deal, but I can't say I know John Edward or Sylvia Brown personally. <laughs> right. But you were saying how, uh, and we, we were discussing this off air, Michael, how um, it seems like throughout the years you, you were saying how um, she has became commercialized, and she supposedly has a church. Now, would you consider her a prophetess, or would you consider her more of a psychic? Well, I guess she she, she deals with the Christian side of things. Is that is that a term that people use interchangeably? Is she more of a psychic or a uh, 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 prophetess? Because I know when you're dealing with the dark side, would it be more of a psychic, or would it be more of a prophet? type of person. I mean, can you explain that to us? Okay, she does have a church based in California that is called Novice Spirits. I think from the point of view of her church, I believe that they would look at her as a, like a prophet, a gifted messenger is how they would look at her from that church's standpoint, because it's her church. She founded it. Um but the the religious basis around her church is more of like a spiritualist church. They have some tenets of their own that they follow, but for the most part it's probably 65 70% Christian-based on their point of view from that. But they they tend to refer to her as more of the prophet standpoint. She's a fake. What... And some other, and one of the other questions you asked me is, I used to follow her work years ago, many, many years ago, when she was, back when she was at like the pinnacle of her career, when she had books on the New York Times bestseller list. She used to, it seemed like back then she had a real dedication for her work, and she had this real drive and a real connection with what she does. All of a sudden, about the year 2000 or shortly after that, something totally flipped. It's like she was completely disconnected with her work. Something was just totally and completely 
not right at all with and how you, she is. You were telling me how this this originally you you saw the flip when she started making regular appearances on the Montel Williams show. Am I correct? Yes, and that was right about the time. I mean, when it, she first come on there, she would come through as a guest not every once in a great while. About the time that she started being a regular on there, I had definitely noticed some kind of a strange change in how she just performed her businesses. Her business transaction was all about how many books that she could write, how many people she could talk to, how much of this or that. And that's when her church, my understanding, about a little bit after 2000, it was when her church really started to pick up from my understanding of following her stuff. And I I quit following anything that she did because it was like the only thing she was concerned about was the next buck or her commercialized status. And do you think that her, well, some people would call it a so-called ministry, do you think that's when her ministry or her gift really started to slip from her because she lost focus? Do you think that that could have been the issue there? I think that could be a very, very good assumption as to why because about the time that her quote-unquote ministry started to really push and take off is about the time that it seemed like she really lost it. Do you think she kind of went kooky, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, like when she went over the edge? I mean, do you think that it just... Yeah, I think whatever it is, and I I don't know if she's maybe dealing with some onset of dementia or what, but she just, her work has never had a dedication to it like it has since then. Because she used to be like one of them old grandmamas that'd be like, and I think that like like you were just telling me like this was that was that pit that draw drew people to her because she's like that grandmama that will just you know she got them long nails and stuff and she just seemed like that she just fits you out a nice piece of pumpkin pie or apple pie. Yeah, that's draw. That old yeah. grandmotherly like, come here, sweetie, yeah. sit down with me, let's talk, baby, yeah. Yeah, that was part of her likability, was to have that type of, oh, sure, come on over here. Here, let's talk. Let me help you. Sit on down, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that desire to help, somewhere that desire to help got lost. And when yeah. it got lost, her work went to hell. And I think that's, that's, so, that's so true of just people in general. Like when they have gifts, they lose focus or insight on the gift that they have. And I think that's when people go astray. Now, i got a question. I, I want to see what C has to say about this. Uh, what do you have to say about the whole situation? Um, I'll say this. You know, when it comes to Sylvia Brown, no, I, I, I really have not. Um, like, I never knew that uh, she would be on these talk shows and all this kind of stuff, and I've never really seen her do her little thing, whatever. But what gets me is for her to, you know, say this about this girl and she truly didn't know. And my thing is, it's like she said whatever it is that she wants to say and just get out of the way because she knew deep down inside that she didn't know, period. So she done sat up here and said all this mess and done gave these people false hope and all this kind of stuff, you know, and that is just absolutely absurd. And my thing is is that um, 
you can't play with the person's life like that. That that's just my personal opinions. Um, I truly and this is just me, I truly do not believe in psychics. Um, I really don't. That's just my opinion, just to put it mm-hmm. out there. Um but um I just don't think that, you know, if if she truly didn't have an inkling about anything, I just truly believe that she should just she not should not say anything. Right. right. She should just her mouth That's why these people got to be you got to be careful, especially in some of these churches I've seen. And I don't have a problem with people prophesying, but a lot of these people are proper lying. And anytime That's a right. pastor telling you to throw this throw this money, throw it over your shoulder, jump up three times, do the split, and then run around the church <laughs> like a monkey, then That's you need right. to really question the validity of that ministry. I've seen some churches where these churches, they handing out bread and telling you to go put it on some water. I said, first of all, you should be handing out that bread to them people and put some meat on that sandwich and feed the people and tell them instead of wasting that bread. What's wrong with you? That's right. And, you know, part of what I do is, you know, Seneca does advertise my website, Sunrise Humanity, which deals with uh, Reiki education and metaphysical practices. You know, I would be an expert in metaphysical practices and holistic healing things. So I'm quite well versed in these different aspects. And there's a this thing called ethics. You know, I will give Sylvia Brown at least a little bit of interest in it, the fact that she said, you know, referred to the guy possibly being Cuban and she was in the house or under the house. That's really nice. But stop before you tell people that someone is dead. That's just yeah. bad ethics. You don't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Because mm-hmm. one thing about this, man cannot give life. So, you know, who is that we just talk about, you know, about death? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, mm-hmm. it's it just it just like it's, it's a subject that, like you said, Michael, I just think it's something ethically that people need. Some things people... We as humans need to just lay off of, and I think that's two things. Regardless of what your opinion is or what your belief is, I I agree with you. I think that's just something that just should be off limits. Yeah, and I know of the psychic people that I am very personally good friends with. I have watched one of them to at least half a dozen people bring closure to some instances, and have seen them really do remarkable things, but ethics is always a play, and they would never tell somebody something like that. Never would. You know, I think, you know, that, you know, if she got up there and said all that, and, um, you know, like if she truly knew that she didn't know anything, you know, she just should have said, well, you know, I'm not sure about that. You know, and I totally agree with what y'all saying. You know, you don't get up there and you don't predict something like that. And then something that you said, Seneca, or I don't know who said it, but the fact of the matter is is that the it was sad that her mother had to go to her grave with that on her mind 
And my thing is, is that, you know, was it, was it the fact that Sylvia had said that the, that she would see her daughter in heaven that actually caused her heart problems? You know what I mean? You know, for and I for agree her to with because I, you know, looking at it from a holistic healing point, I'm sitting here going, "Oh my God, she just set the mother up for some really bad stuff." <laughs> yeah, right. You don't know if that, that you don't know if that woman could have grieved to death. I know she had like another. Um, but you don't know if that grief could have made that sickness worse to where she could have probably That's right. Right, because we all know of people that it seems like, especially in some of the elderly classifications, where people just, they quit fighting. They lose that will to keep pushing. Mm-hmm. You know, and speaking from the standpoint of a child to a child's mother, that the death of a child would be something that would definitely put someone in that state of mind. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And you know, and now my thing is, is that now the girl is free ten years later, and her mom is not here. Yeah. And I mean, you know, and you know, my thing is, is that, you know, I truly believe in Jesus Christ, and my thing is, is that. We know that we all have a time in which we will no longer be here, and and we know that that is truly up to God's will. But my thing is, is that, you know, we don't know if it was God's will for her to go at the time that she did. But the fact of the matter is, is that to get some type of news like that, just like someone said, could have, you know, sped up her Death, you know what I mean, and that's just one question that I do have. You know, was was this news something that caused her to grieve anymore and to just die? You know, just just die just like that. And you know, another thing along those very same lines is years ago in Seneca. I even forgot to discuss this with you the other day. I had seen Sylvia Brown if you want to call it in concert, I guess, (laughs) live, (laughs) for lack of a better term, (laughs) live a number of years ago. And this, when I seen her live, was one of the things that made me say, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to follow her stuff. She's lost her mind. And Mm -hmm. it was in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I drove over there to – see a talk that she was giving and they draw kind of like a lottery people's ticket numbers out and certain number of people could come up and ask questions and one woman had went up there I remember it was a young woman probably in her early to mid 20s and she said what's in store for the future of my health I've just been recently diagnosed as HIV positive Uh. And Sylvia Brown said, there will be a cure in your lifetime. She said, you will never get to a point, as long as you do what the doctors tell you, you will never get to a point where you become full-blown, where you become with full-blown AIDS. She said, you will never have that. She said, as a matter of fact, she said, you will be the subject of treatments that are a new protease inhibitors or she referred to some new thing. She said, you need to follow a full-protein diet to assist yourselves in the building of things. For the... And I'm sitting here going, 
lady, you're not a freaking doctor. This is nuts. You don't tell mm-hmm. people that stuff. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I walked out of there going, this ain't right. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, at that point is when I lost a lot of respect. Her. And then in conjunction with every time she had a new book come out, I'd be in a bookstore, I'd pick it up and flip through the pages, and I quit buying them. I'd pick them up and flip through the pages and be like, this is ridiculous. And I'm a person that has followed metaphysical things for years. I'm going to be 35 pretty soon, and I've followed this stuff since I was 19. And I'm, you know, I could tell back then she lost it. So, so what? What had looking through her books and just what have have you seen even in the stuff that she's published that has made you feel that no, this woman is just not right? And what I mean, and she well, is not. If you write a book and you're whatever your theme of the book is, you would think that, you know, you're going to follow the continuity of getting to the point. So many of her books would restate like a whole chapter from something she's already covered in another book. And even sometimes in the book she says, yes, my publisher doesn't want me to recap a whole lot from other things, but I feel it's necessary and I'm sitting here going, how many ways and in how many books can you retell the same story? So pretty much she recycling huh. stuff, pretty much what you yeah. think. Yeah, I mean, she'll take a, you know, a topic, and what could have been made as a supermarket handout has now turned into a whole freaking book of like 250 pages, roughly, I'm guessing, some more, some less, of rehashing things and not uh, – not really getting to what she's supposedly so almost, getting to. So you so you saying it's almost like someone taking some damn ham, holiday ham, and and and, and making <laughs> a ham salad, corned beef hat, hamburger, ham ham and bologna, ham and cheese. Yeah, ham ham's then turned up as ham salad two weeks later. <laughs> And by then you're over it. <laughs> That's a shame. Mm-hmm. And you know what? She probably had that in the back of her mind. And I wonder. And, and you know, and it's a hard thing to describe. But if you have followed somebody's work for a while, and you notice their writing style is completely different twenty books later than what it was in the first five. Now, I understand a writer may hone their craft, but they wouldn't usually regress. Right. Oh, okay. So you're saying it's a thing to where instead of improving, she kind of failed. Yeah. 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 You know, I would say that that would have to be like a – that would, you know, pose as a red flag to me because if I were to – look and see the same stuff in book after book after book, I've been like, okay, so you cannot produce any new material. Then what type of person are you? You know, because, you know, you have so many authors out here, you know, you never see the same thing. She's not original. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Absolutely, absolutely she is not because you see so many 
poets or so many other authors or, or whatever, and they have so many different ideas, so many different things that are in the books, and nothing is ever repeating. But then you're saying that you're letting your publisher dictate what you do with your books. Um, I thought you were paying your publisher, so how are you going to let him dictate what you do with your books? So my thing is, is, you know, you don't want to be authentic. You don't have the ability, just like you said, to be original. You know, you don't. So that means that you're not, that you're only in it for two things, money and publicity. You're not in it because it's a passion. You're not in it because this is truly something that you can truly do. You're just in it for those two things, and that's terrible. Yeah, especially when you're supposedly out here giving people information that may, in you know, something as dear to the heart as somebody's life. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just not talking about, oh, I broke up with my boyfriend. Was it the right decision? No, we're talking about something that influences, you know, whether somebody's dead or alive and how mm-hmm. people are going to cope with that. And mm-hmm. let's say that she was right. Let's say if she had predicted she knocked the whole thing out of the park. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's another problem I have with how she put it. Oh, he's dead, honey. Oh, God, I really hate it when they're around water. Really? Clean that shit up. You just told somebody's mm-hmm. family that somebody's dead? Mm-hmm. Seriously, mm-hmm. clean that. Oh, honey, she's dead. No, I think there's a better way to say that. Absolutely. And like they said, in that, like they said she just thrives off. She's a vampire, like a vampire for grief. Yeah. Brief mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Mhm. And you know, and I just want to say this, and I give you a perfect example. There is a um, lady that actually goes to one of these churches that my church fellowships with, and uh, she has um, seizures all the time, and she was in the hospital, and um, they had, and so she had fell into a coma. And so, um, and so I kid you not, you know, there were so many doctors and so many um, chaplains, you know, and so they were up there. And um, her two children had came, had came up there. And so it was a couple of the members that were in the room, and it was the children and it was the chaplain, and it was one one other person, and I cannot think of who this person was. And, you know, people started to realize that, you know, when you're in a coma, you can still hear. You can't really, you can't talk, but you can hear. And they said, you know, the daughter who was, I believe she was 16, she said, is my mother gone? And that person said, yes, honey. You know, she is gone. Now, my thing is, is why are you going to tell this girl that she's gone, but this woman is still steady breathing? Why are you going to tell her that she's gone? And I kid you not, when the woman got out of the coma, she looked, for whatever reason, this individual had walked in the room and could not believe that she was sitting up talking and eating and everything. And that woman looked at her and said, I heard what you said to my daughter. You know, so my thing is, 
yes, she said, I heard what you said to my daughter. And she said, by the grace of God, I'm still here. And that right there showed that this woman done set up here and done told this daughter that her mother was gone when, in fact, she wasn't. So I used that to say that if you don't know what you're talking about, keep your mouth closed. If you don't know, keep it shut. She said keep it shut, yeah. Keep it shut, yeah. You know what, like, you know, and like I said, death, like they said, the power of life and death lies in the tongue. And, and you know, you can destroy people with your words. Yes, you can. can. You know what I'm saying? And for you to sit there Mm -hmm. and say that, you don't know what you could have had. Your girl could have, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That girl could have went on and just gave up because of what right. that person, you know what I'm saying, what they said. You you just got to be careful what you say to people. That's right. You talk about words don't hurt you, baby. Yes, they do. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. Especially mm-hmm. those people that are already in a state, of, a weakened state as it is due to something extremely traumatic. Mm-hmm. Can you mm-hmm. there? Okay. Numbers up saying nothing. You sleeping oh. on it? But anyways, but yeah, it's just it's just I wonder if this is just number seven six five three nine three. You got a, you got a comment? But anyways, but yeah, I don't think she's there. But yeah, oh. I I just really think that it's a shame that um, people just just say anything when they don't know what mm-hmm. they're talking about. And what bothers me even more, as also being a person that you know deals in holistic things, is that of a situation that is so near and dear to the heart and such a highly charged situation at all, you know, had had that been one of my friends, they would have said, you know what, I don't know. But I would strongly recommend that you probably should seek a counselor or someone that could help you with the process that you're going through. Mm-hmm. That would have been my answer had I been in that situation. I would have said, I don't know the answer to that question. And mm-hmm. I'm not God. I would suggest, mm-hmm. due to the, just simply the traumatic nature of what you're dealing with, that you should probably maybe talk to a counselor about what, what you're going through if you haven't already. So does this whole situation kind of even change your, your, your opinion about her? Well, in my opinion of her, wasn't very favorable as it stood, but that pretty much finished finished uh, shooting down whatever type of good I could have really had to think about her. Yeah, that's that's. I heard people being off, kind of, you know, but that's just that. That's a whole jump there from. Yeah, and to me, it wasn't even for me someone that's in a holistic practice. And being familiar with things like this, it's not the fact that it was wrong. It's the fact of her ethics. Yeah. And that her ethics and how she handled it, even if she had been right, 
100%. I still would not have agreed with how she handled her ethics. Mm-hmm. You know, and that right there causes a lot of problems because, you know, you know, when you were talking about how uh, you had went to her little concert thing or whatever, and, you know, and the woman went up there and was talking about the HIV and all that kind of stuff. Now, my thing is, once the woman went into full-blown AIDS, what if she did? Now, I don't know if she if she did or not, but what if she did? Then my thing is, is that she probably would be going out there trying to put a contract out on her saying, you done set up here and you done told me this, and, you know, now this is going on with me. You know what I mean? So you're absolutely right. I mean, right. and, and Jay, this sounds too big. You thought, have you thought about mm-hmm. this? What if this woman, what if a lot, not just this one, what if a whole lot of people just start coming out on her and say, hey, yeah, you said this, but this happened. <laughs> yes, what? You said that my head would, would call out with this. That would be you know a total saying? disaster. Mm. I would be surprised if you hear some more. Don't be surprised. Yeah. Well, there is actually a website out there that is dedicated to all things against Sylvia Brown. Like stopsylviabrown.com. <laughs> oh my like God. That. Yeah, stopsylviabrown.com. I think. I don't quote me on it, but I think that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. And there's this uh, guy out there that has tried to challenge her to a scientific uh, showdown, if you want to call it, where they take – and, you know, there actually is in the in the areas of psychiatry or psychology, there really is a method of testing people's paranormal abilities. There really is. That does exist. He was going to give her a free read. Is yeah, and she won't you take gonna, it back. You're going to give her a free read. You got it. <laughs> From top to bottom. You'll read that chapter. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, there is a scientific method out there to test people's paranormal abilities. It really you is. Know what? We, we coming against Sylvia Brown, but there's so many of these fake and phony prophets out here that's telling people mm-hmm. to do X, Y, and Z, and, and it ain't true. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're doing it all in the name of the Lord. And people yeah. just quit doing that stuff. And mm-hmm. even as much as I would like to say, you know, I know and am very well versed with a lot of this stuff, and I know people that are psychic, and I, I have one of my dear best friends that is. And mm-hmm. you know what? I would not bet, even though I would possibly consult her on a big incident in my life, I would not mm-hmm. I would not make my life and death decision based upon their reading. And I mm-hmm. practice, you know, I've been well versed around these arts for years. And even I know better than that. Mhm. And you know, and you know, there's there's there are a lot of people out here that you know that will do those things like Sylvia Brown do just for the sake of getting money. You know, like I've seen a, lo- a lot of these um, shows and stuff on TV 
um, you know, where they say, well, if you buy this um, healing cloth, you know, then you put it on the area, you know, where you're hurting, then you're going to be healed. The the issue that I have with that, and I know that it seems like I kind of went from one thing to another, but the issue that I have with that, it, with, with those kind of things is, you have these people investing in something in this cloth that but you know yourself and ain't, you are, ain't no little good. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. And so then they put it on their aching knee or their twisted ankle, mm-hmm. and nothing mm-hmm. happens. And it's just nothing but a piece of cloth that they set up here mm-hmm. and then gave these people $300 for a freaking piece of cloth. Now, you know, that is part of actually getting getting into that fine line of how you actually prosecute someone for fraud under those cases. It really is. There is a total way to prosecute someone for fraud as a subject. Mm -hmm. Um, Good example I've seen, uh, I had had a, there was a psychic here in my neighborhood that had opened up a shop. And I thought, mm-hmm. oh, hmm, well, that's kind of neat. Hey, I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm a Reiki practitioner. I'm a metaphysical practitioner. Why don't I go over and say hi? So I went over there, and I thought, okay, well, I'll get one of her readings just to say. She told me I had all kinds of things wrong with me and that if I wanted to be healed – and I would give her $90. The only way to heal what was wrong with me was if I gave her $90 to buy a special candle, and I had to pray and meditate over this candle three times a day, and I'd be healed. Uh, I'll tell you what, the Lord can tell me to pray over no candle. I looked at her and I said, sweetheart, I said, sweetheart, that's fraud. I said, you're not going to last very long in this town, honey. That's fraud. Let me give you a free. Let me give you a free read, Boo Boo. That's fraud. Right. And you know what? Within two weeks later, she was out of town. Go figure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I I sit there and I let her go through her spiel. She come up with all this list of things that were wrong with me, and I'm sitting there going, huh? Well, isn't that kind of interesting? And I just sit there and listen to her, and she's telling me about, you know, this and it. Like, your aura is cracked in three places, and it is so severely damaged. You need such spiritual help. I'm sitting here going, lady, I base my whole practice on spiritual help. <laughs> I, I got it covered. I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means, but I'm pretty sure I'm not effed up. Mm-hmm. And I just sit there and listen to her, and then when she said... But you can fix that, and here's the only way you can fix it. Oh, what's that? Let me ask this, though. Do you think that certain people are gifted, but they exploit their gift? I mean, they might be the real thing, but they exploit it. I would, I would really want to think that if someone was truly gifted like that and truly had that kind of gift, I'm sure there's probably a little could be could be some exploitation there. But if you were truly gifted in that sense and you had the compassion that comes with that gift, you wouldn't be doing that to people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
because it was very clearly that I had this great big problem, all these multiple problems going on and this great big illness that she said, and the only way for me to solve it is if I give her $90 for a candle. And have to come back for possibly another one, which possibly would be more expensive. And I'm like, sweetheart, that's legal fraud right there. Mm-hmm. And what the sad part about it is, you said that what she said. She goes, well, I, I, I disagree. I said, no, in the eyes of the law, that's fraud. By the way, let me tell you what I do for a living so I can prove it to you. She asked me to leave after. <laughs> oh Lord. Mm, 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 mm. That is so sad. But what you know, but I was just going. Mm-hmm. Oh no, but go ahead, Seneca. No, what I was, all I was gonna say was what's so sad mm-hmm. is she did it in like it was, it was she was able to get away with that in a in a legitimate establishment. Like Right. That's what's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And another example of the fraud is if someone goes to a psychic, and you know, and a lot of, you know, probably 50, I would be daring to say 50% of Americans might encounter a psychic in their time. If you go to one and they're telling you that you're sick or you're, you have some medical problem or you have some type of curse, that's another popular one. Somebody will say, you've been cursed, and here's the only way that you can get rid of this curse. And you have to pay me this absorbent amount of money to get rid of this curse because I'm the only one that can do that. Jabuti oil to put on your scalp. Yeah. Jabuti oil on your. Yeah. I am the only one that can heal your illness. I am the only one that can heal your curse. I am the only one that can do this. And you have to pay me an absorbent amount of money. Ladies and gentlemen, that's fraud. The only one. The only one. Really? Yeah, that that is fraud. Leave. Mhm. We need to do a song. Mm-hmm. How do you know the song is? Yeah. Mhm. You know, the people that I have seen. Well, number one, the the really true trustworthy psychics that I have personally known. <laughs> actually, they've never charged a dime. Now, I'm not against someone that truly is gifted making a living at it. I'm I'm not against that, but mm. still ethics, you know, and being a holistic practitioner myself, I would never tell someone to that they've got this horrible illness and here's how you have to do it, and I'm the only one who can do it. Hell no. If they tell me they've got a horrible illness, I'm going to be able to talk to your doctor. Mm-hmm. You must put a booty oil on your badonk badonk. That's just a bad case of dermatitis. She just need to put some damn lotion on <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just sick of these people. They just really think. And this is what I'm saying. These people just need to give up all this crazy. Just because like, I was watching this. This documentary on the gangland it's called Gangland. It was talking about this um Haitian um gang that has, you know, they were talking about different gangs on different shows. They were talking about this Haitian gang that um 
that a lot of people immigrated from Haiti to Miami. And they were just talking about how a lot of these people still believe in that voodoo and hoodoo and all that mess. And they said a lot of the times the, 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 uh, these people are so superstitious and believing that stuff that they, that it's almost being used to the advantage of law enforcement because these people go to these witch doctors and they will tell them, tell them everything. Tell them everything and they won't touch you. So they go in there and make a full confession. And they think that the hoodoo and voodoo and boo-boo dogs, you know, boo-boo dogs and, and God are going <laughs> to protect them. And then they go in here and make this confession, and they're sitting in prison right now. <laughs> right. You're going to pay them all this, this money for them to throw some chicken bones on the ground. <laughs> some, some chicken bones from church's chicken that they just finished eating. <laughs> and lift is greasy. Hands is greasy, and they and they just and they and they still licking that beat out the back of their damn mouth, telling you to go tell the police. And they sitting here full as hell, and your ass about to be starving in jail. <laughs> you just told them all your business. You know why that is? Because the person sucking on right. that chicken would say, "Get the hell up out of here, away from me." <laughs> they can't touch you. Well. Go on here and tell them they're gonna they're gonna touch you. Somebody gonna reach out and touch you and put you in some handcuffs. How about that? Yeah, that's right. Mhm. You know, and then that just goes back to people just being so naive. You know, you know they hear it. They're so um, excited to know, you know, what is going on with them. To where they know that there are people out here that will dig deep in their pocket. They don't even go take out loans and go pay to find out what these people have to say. But yeah. unbeknownst yeah. to them that these people are feeding them a bunch of bull. You know, that's, that's not right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You, you trying to if somebody is asking you for that kind of a fee, yeah, that's Please. sad. Leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, and I don't you know. know. It's sad. It's sad. Right. You know yeah. what? And then my thing is, is that, and there's another one that I've heard on TV. His name is, uh, I believe it's Carney Thomas. Like, he always screaming to the top of his lungs about... <laughs> This little rag, like, he is one that wants to sell this rag and sell this oil crap. And my thing is that he, he thinks like on BBC that... BBC or something? Corny? Or yeah. Something. I think I heard that name. Oh, God. And you he always yelling like he's top of his lungs. And I'm like, you think that your yelling is going to make these people, you know, buy this? And, you know, and, and the first thing I said to myself... Okay, ain't nobody gonna buy this mess. I kid you not. I looked at the bottom of that TV, and all, and it showed all the numbers of people that were calling in, buying this stuff for hundred dollars mm. and two hundred and fifty dollars. And this man, and and I watched him for a two week period, and his message and stuff was always different. But at the very end, he always wanted to sell this rag, always wanted to sell this oil, and I kept seeing these numbers popping up, people kept buying it, 
you know how wealthy he is now. And that is absolutely absurd. And these people will get these rags in this oil and they will pray over it, hoping and praying that they get the deliverance that they want. And then they praying for the rest of their natural life. You know, <laughs> and it's oh my Lord Jesus, it's just that's why like Benny Hinn and them, like you said, they do all, they all do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, uh, just like Juanita Bynum that one time talking about she she was gonna make a a prayer floor or something. She some silly mess she was talking about. I said, baby, I tell you what, instead of us trying to tell me that I need to pray, how about you? You should have prayed about that marriage that you made that you had with that man. Y'all okay. up in the hotel fighting and arguing. You ain't praying about that. You ain't went to okay. Jesus about that. Sounds all like mm-hmm. a televangelist with a magic carpet. Ooh. <laughs> mm. Don't get me started yeah, on this Yeah. <laughs> That's a different kind of magic carpet. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.